The nature of humanity, its essence, is to feel another's pain as one's own, and to act to take that pain as one's own, and to act to take that pain away. There is nobility in compassion, a beauty in empathy, a grace in forgiveness. This quote reflects that we think humanity is mainly driven towards grace and compassion oftentimes. That is not true. However, in the gospel, compassion is a necessity. There are no ifs, ands, and buts about it. You, as a Christian, have no choice but to show compassion. But what does that look like? And how can we form that attitude? We'll talk about that today on The Pilgrim Song. Hello and welcome to the Pilgrim Song. I'm Alexander. And I'm Charlie. And we're your favorite interracial friends talking about Jesus. Excited to be back this week. We hope that last week's podcast on public prayer was very encouraging for you and you received some helpful advice. Uh, this week we are back trying to give some more advice uh, on a not very well respect, uh, represented aspect of our world and culture that we need to be lights in. Uh, if you want to, if you want to turn, I, I understand you listen to this. So, but over in Mark one, we have one of my favorite Jesus stories, one of my personal favorite ones, and I think that this miracle will give us some insight into an aspect of Jesus' personality that every Christian is called on to replicate. In Mark one, starting in verse forty, it says, "And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him." If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and spread the news that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. So what we see in the story is leprosy was a very uh, um, horrible disease like back in the day. Now we have a cure for it, I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. So but the old law had these rules about quarantining where you stay away from the population because that's how disease spreads. So the lepers were only assi- they were basically assigned to live these lines of loneliness, away from family and friends, away from uh, just all of society. So this leper had not been touched in possibly years for a very long time. And physical touch is extremely important for human development and to just know that people care about you. Babies need the physical touch of their parents. Like this is a very important aspect. So we see even in this story that Jesus does not just heal this man. He says that uh, it says that he sees him and he has pity on him. So he has this priority, like we see that as priority, that he needs to heal this man of his leprosy. But Jesus, moved with pity, go, reaches out and touches the leper as well. So what we have in this story is the great example of compassion. 
The ultimate, the definition in Oxford is sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. That's certainly the case. But as Jesus also demonstrates, it's not just showing this care for others, but it's actively uh, seeing out the need and then doing what you can to help that. Uh, I've been thinking about suffering a lot lately. I think suffering has just been a really big theme uh, in our world over the last couple of years, or at least one that's been brought to the forefront. And the problem of evil when it comes for why people are rejecting God because there's no way that God could be real if suffering was real. But it is really real for people because there's a lot of pain and suffering that goes on in our world from disease, poverty, and plenty of other issues. So Jesus comes down to a broken world filled with all these things and shows us how to be compassionate. So as we think about 21st century culture, uh, I think there's a lot of ways that people claim to be more compassionate than their predecessors, than the people who came before us. So Charlie, do you think that it is true that we live in a more compassionate compassionate culture than we did in the past? So I definitely think there's been like this... uh push to be more compassionate in life. People are, you know, trying to be, you know, more understanding. Um, but it's only to an extent. I really feel like kind of looking at it where it's there, there is, there has been movements to be more compassionate on, on communities of people that otherwise and previously, you know, would not have had any sort of compassion. Like mm-hmm. those, like racism, for instance, it's been a big push in like America, right. To show compassion towards people that are, of opposite race or other race than you, um, LGBTQ, right? You mm-hmm. got to show compassion on those people. But the one thing that that's still missing from that is is showing compassion towards people who disagree with you mm-hmm. on certain mm-hmm. things. So, right? If I know you have an example you're going to share <laughs> as well, so I won't go in there. But um, I do think it rings true where it's you, you take compassion on the people that agree with you. If they don't agree with you, if you don't understand, uh, or if they don't agree with you, you don't even try to understand, you know, their point of view and take compassion on them. You just reject them. Yeah. So there, there's been compassion shown in areas that previously didn't have it. Um, true compassion. I don't think that we're quite there yet. No, no. I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Compassion is far from universal. That's like you show compassion, as Charlie was mentioning, to a specific group. Um, if someone is oppressed, whoever counts as oppressed, then you should be compassionate to that group. Um, the example I have in here is, uh, so there's a guy, I can't remember his name. (laughs) I I should have written it down. Uh, but you, you probably heard of him. He literally is a black guy who goes to these clan rallies, these clan meetings, and he has brought people out of the clan just by showing his compassion and his grace towards them. And that's a pretty awesome thing to do. But a lot of people don't like that because you shouldn't be compassionate towards the KKK. Um, So it's not like the Klan doesn't have problems. Like being obviously racist and obviously anti-Semitic and a lot of other problems there. But the Klan needs just as much compassion as anyone else because they have a lot of hate in their hearts. And they need hope and actual love and actual kindness. So when people express their hatred towards any person who already feels hated, all you're going to do is push them farther away instead of making them feel loved. And that's just going to keep making the same problems over and over again. Um, 
an interesting thing about compassion is oftentimes it runs on this line of how good of a person are you? Well, then that's that's the level of compassion I'll show to you. But that's a pretty awful standard because the reality is we're all bad people. And as hard as I try, I'm still a prideful and stubborn person. I lie or I just don't keep my word. I can be short with people and rude. So on my worst day, would you determine that I'm worthy of compassion based upon my inappropriate behavior that day? That's the struggle. But the wonderful thing about the framework of Christian compassion is it is not based upon uh, how good of a person I am, right? So you have any other thoughts on, uh, on that? That's a fantastic point. Uh, and it... And it you know, the, like the client is a very extreme example. Very too, and extreme, I'm glad that you, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good that you use it though. Cause it's definitely one that, you know, I, I feel like you could convince someone to show compassion on someone of an opposite political party from them, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be difficult. But then when you think about p- groups like the Klan, it's like, Oh, <laughs> that's tough. And it's difficult. Um, and it's something that I think all of us have to think about because I think we're all guilty of that sometimes. I mean, we all have, our personal biases towards groups or people, prejudices towards certain groups of people. Uh, and so it's difficult for us to to want to be compassion or mm-hmm. compassionate towards people um, because being compassionate, and I guess we'll talk about this some later, but it requires work, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not you can't be passively compassionate. No, yeah, yeah. So it requires you to have things like empathy. And we've talked about it before in the podcast. Empathy is something that takes work to do. Mm-hmm. It takes work to understand what's going on. It takes patience. Um, because, you know, sometimes you're going to show compassion on somebody that doesn't want to have compassion shown upon mm-hmm. them. Uh, they're perfectly fine in their situation. Don't think that they need that. And um, But no, I think that's a, I think that's a really good example. And it's mm-hmm. a good reminder uh, and I like that you talked about specifically how, like, on my on my bad days, <laughs> and deeming people worthy of compassion. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. It's just, I, I recently taught out of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says to love your enemies. And it really struck me how bad I am at doing yeah. that. Like, oh, my word. He tells me right here, this is my responsibility. This is what I got to do. And then I'm very quick <clears throat> to turn my heel and, and not treat people in that way. Yeah. So. The, the framework of compassion that Christians are called to live is a much more, if you want to call it extreme, it's an extreme form of yeah. compassion that we need to be striving towards each and every day. Boundless um, compassion. Boundless compassion. Hanging on a cross and forgiving the people who are hanging you there type of yeah. compassion. Ugh, I, that story every time. Whew. All right. Therein, the framework of compassion when it comes to most worldviews is broken. If you treat me in a messed up way, then I don't actually have to do anything for you. Like I have no responsibility to no responsibility towards you because you're a messed up person. But in the Christian framework, we find our basis in Christ who saw our spiritual brokenness and saved us out of that. And he cares about the outcasts and the impoverished He even cared about the rebellious Jerusalem that was about to be destroyed, if you want to read that over in Matthew 23. So where we often want to limit compassion and cut it off and say, this person is unworthy of my mercy, this person is unworthy of my pity, Christ calls on us to forsake that mindset and extend compassion to even those who don't deserve it, because we don't. So compassion is a 
new mindset, a new attitude that once the Lord has set things right in me that I couldn't do for myself, it changes the very nature of who I am. So that's an, an introduction to our compassion talk. Uh, we have a lot more to say about this, particularly when it comes to our next session. We're going to be talking about the church and we're going to be talking about taking this personally. Uh, so we hope that you'll stick around and you'll challenge yourself, push yourself to be a more compassionate person this week. We'll be right back. There have been a lot of very unfortunate stories about church hurt, but the reality of our church culture is that it needs to be exemplified by compassion. We've talked a little bit about the vulnerability that needs to be had at church and churches more, um, and not that we rejoice in sin. That is not the point, because sin is what separates us from God, so we need to be actively against sin. But we do need to do more to acknowledge our struggles and to work with one another to overcome them in Christ. It helps no one. And let me say that again. It helps no one to hide behind a guise of being so good and so perfect. That is just a facade. So as we talked about confession two weeks ago, this continues. Uh, we need to continue to be thinking in this way about how to be vulnerable, how to be confessors. Um, how to be compassionate when uh, the case that case comes up. Now, you may think that you're compassionate. I tend to think that I'm a very compassionate person, but I want to run just through a couple of hypothetical situations and see how you would react in them. Just think about this for yourself. So let's say, firstly, someone comes in and they reek. Don't smell very good. It doesn't look like they got very much sleep the night before, and it smells pretty clearly of alcohol on their breath. Are you quick to move away or kick this person out, or are you quick to show mercy on them? Not endorsing their behavior, whether that be drunkenness, alcoholism, or anything like that, but drunkenness could be a symptom of addiction. Or maybe they drink because they're in pain, but you never know if you don't care enough to go to their position and ask them about it. Yeah, I think we can sometimes confuse... Like I think this brings out a good example uh, of we confuse compassion with endorsement. Like mm. If we show compassion on that person, then we are endorsing their behavior. So if I if I accept a man who comes in with like that, then I am therefore accepting of everything that he's done. Mm. I accept him for all the things that he has done, and I fully endorse the way that he has chosen to live his life. I feel like we can slip into that. Yeah. So maybe that's a temptation as to why we don't show compassion sometimes is because we're we don't agree with their lifestyle, therefore we won't we don't want to show any sort of or any sort of love toward that person because mm -hmm. we're afraid of people thinking that we're okay with that lifestyle. Yeah, that's a really rough way, a really rough position to be in. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's just I, I think that's fair. Like, and that's one of the the struggles I've had is understanding that in some ways in the church tradition that we've been going to, we like, we make grace so low that it's like, 
we just don't have any mercy towards anybody that we don't that in any situation it's like that you there is no way that you are doing this with good intentions there's no way you're doing this without endorsing this behavior instead of thinking well maybe i should think the best of my brother or sister because they want to follow jesus they are probably just doing this to help out or to show care um so when we take away grace out of the gospel uh well that's bad news like there's we have no hope so I think that I think you're right in that. <laughs> um, another example for you to consider. Maybe a woman comes in and her eyes are puffy. She doesn't know anybody at the church that you're at. She just needed to be somewhere this Sunday morning. She cries through the whole service. When addressed personally in conversation, she had an abortion a few years back, and now she feels awful about it. Are you quick to remind her of the forgiveness that you and her can find in Christ? And that you love her and care for her regardless, and that she can have find a family in your congregation, or has she done something so unforgivable that you can't show mercy to her? Um, there have been situations like that that have happened before, where people are very like abortion is just the worst, worst, worst thing you could possibly do. Um, this has happened with sexual sins as well. That if you're committing something so awful, so heinous, you cannot be forgiven for it. That is not the gospel of Jesus, and uh, it should not be the way that our churches operate. Just another things, or a couple other ideas or questions. What if her skirt is too tight or too short? What if they're a part of the LGBTQ AI community? What if they just got out of prison? What if they're about to go to prison? What if they fall asleep during the sermon and they snore really loud? <clears throat> There is important aspects of church discipline that I've been looking into a lot uh, because Jesus and Paul both have things to say about how we discipline those among our brethren, and it's an important subject that we have to talk about. But there is a difference between a member who is outright rejecting to repent from a sinful lifestyle versus someone who just needs to come to Christ in the first place and needs to see the mercy of Christ exemplified in the people who say they belong to Christ, right? So, the the difference, or in both of these examples of the person who needs to turn from their sin, and the person who needs to repent of sins that they're currently committing, in both cases we love them. We're trying to show compassion, and the member with the member we're trying to say we love you too much to see you live your life in rebellion to God, and in the case of whoever else, we love you and want you to come to know Jesus. Both of them are centered in compassion that we find in Christ. So that's very important for us to consider. Um, <clears throat> another thing for us is that uh, the reality of compassion is that it stems from how good of people that we think we are. That when I like the situations I show the least amount of compassion is when I think I am such a good person that I'm so good and I'm so holy and we found the right church. So we have it figured out. And that's just not true, right? The good news is the good news won't actually be appealing to people who think that they're good. But when we understand that we're wretched and we're broken and we're flawed and we're evil and we've been separated from God because of our sin, we rebelliously choose to do what is right in our own sight. The last thing we can do is look down on someone else for their mistakes and their shortcomings. Again, that's where compassion begins. So we're all sinners in need of compassion that we find at the Christ, at the cross, rather. 
How can we dare think we're worthy to wear the name of the Lord if we refuse to show the compassion that he's shown to us? So, church culture. Any any other thought, thoughts on how we could fix our church culture? Again? I mean, obviously, all, all of this stems out of love. Mm-hmm. To revisit that fun subject of this podcast that we always <laughs> talk about. Um, everything, everything that we talked about, all this compassion, it all comes out of the, out of love that we have for other people. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that, that goes against that kind of rooting back on, you know, if we see where a lot of this, our anti-compassion comes from is from pride. Um, because we think that we are, are better than that person in mm. some way. Um, at least that's kind of where I feel like if you try to, if you try to trace back, right, if we don't have that love, right, we, we, we are about ourselves and we are about the people that are around us and we don't like accepting in people that are different, mm. whether they are doing something that actually is wrong or whether they're doing something that we just think is wrong mm-hmm. to, like you mentioned that as well when you were talking about, right. Um, they're doing something that is against, um, what is right, but they, what they may be doing actually may be fine. There may not be anything wrong with it. You may actually be the one that's in the wrong mm. in some situations. Um, you won't know that unless you're willing to open up and, and show compassion towards somebody else. And you might come to realize, wait, maybe I need to rethink everything. Maybe I'm actually the one that needs to be shown mm. compassion and not them. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you have to love people. Um, that's going to be what motivates you to show compassion because you need something to motivate you to do. Otherwise mm-hmm. you're not going to, because again, like I said, it, it, it requires some level of work. And so there has to be some sort of driving force there that, that pushes you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just have to think about the love that Jesus showed you. That's why Jesus showed compassion on us was because he loved us. And we see that throughout the entire Bible, the entire story of the Bible is mm-hmm. just God showing compassion on the world, mm-hmm. not just as people of Israel, but he shows compassion on the whole world ultimately when he mm-hmm. sends Jesus. And even before that, right, he shows compassion on at any point in time, God could have ended the world. Um, we see that power demonstrated with Noah in the story of Noah. God could have wiped the earth out and just said, I'm done at mm-hmm. any point, but he loved us and he showed compassion to us and he was understanding with us and he was patient with us mm-hmm. um, and ultimately offered a way for us to have eternal salvation with him. So if we show that same love towards our neighbor, which we should be, um, we can show that same toward sort of compassion that God has had on us throughout all time mm-hmm. on those people as well. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. And it, I think that that goes with the idea that modern days love has been so misconstrued to this for idea sure. of, this love is a feeling that the reason I can divorce someone is finally, I just fell out of love with them. Yeah. When love is active, it's an action, it's it action I, all the time. 100% agree. So. Love is, love is a choice. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have, I, I really do. I mean, there is for sure an emotional side mm-hmm. to it, but I do, I, I genuinely do believe, and I know this is a hot take cause I've heard some people <laughs> disagree with this, but I, I genuinely do believe that love is a choice that you have to make mm-hmm. because yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that once you make that choice, there is an emotional thing that happens with that. Mm-hmm. I do think I can choose whether or not I love somebody. Yeah. I, so. I think that Jesus, there are days where he emotionally does not love me, but he has actively loved me anyway. <laughs> uh, because. <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, mad at you. He's, he's mad. He's you. just, but, you know, he, he cares. So we just have to be very aware that is my love based exclusively on how I feel about said person? Because that's broken compassion. That's broken love. 
But if it's based upon, I want this person to come and know Jesus and find hope in him and know that we are a family, brother and sister, then uh, that's real love right there. So. Why, do you, <clears throat> why do you think that we we don't like to show compassion. Like, where do you think that that, for me, I feel like it's pride, but like, what, what is your, like, where do you think that it, that kind of kind of stems from? I think, I think it's pride. Um, and I also think lining up with pride is selfishness Mm -hmm. because sometimes we're just not looking outside of our own bubble. Right. Perhaps that's even part of it is like, it's not even necessarily that I don't care about someone. I'm just ignorant to what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So if it's not directly affecting my life, then why should I care about you? Yeah. If you end up on the prayer list, oh, cool, I'll pray for you, but I'm not actively yeah. going to go and seek out, did you struggle this week? Are you are you doing okay? All yeah. that type of stuff. So I think that's that's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. trying to think. Any other places where compassion is a struggle? I don't know. Because I think pride is the heart of so many sins, I think that a lot of it comes down to... <laughs> When we think that I'm more important than yep. you. So well, that's good. Mm. I agree. <laughs> I concur. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? Mm. All right. So as a church, we just need to be doing better about showing compassion. But the church cannot be doing better if you as an individual are doing better. So we're going to be addressing that in our final section. We'll be right back. So you, as a member of a congregation, as a church, your personal life needs to be exemplified by compassion. Church simply means assembly or gathering, which means that just any church requires people to come together. So a compassionate church must be made up of compassionate people. So as important as it was for us to talk about what a compassionate church might look like, it's important for us to be those type of people to make up a compassionate church. Um, The first thing I want us to consider is our personal kindness towards other people. Because in 2021, life is difficult. It's not that life has become more difficult, I wouldn't say. In some cases it has. Um, But there have been plenty of times that either America is struggling or the world as a whole is struggling. But in 2021, it seems more obvious that people are going through stuff because... We have a window into their lives that people haven't really had before with social media and everything else. So that has exemplified, I mean, it's made our culture more anxious and more depressed. That's been pretty statistically proven. So we can know more of what, what people are going through. So when is our, what is our response when we see people who are frustrated or they're sad or they ask for prayer requests or anything like that? Is our reaction to scroll through it and just ignore it or to stop for a second and pray? The reason I bring that up specifically is because I've been there where I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see an issue 
it's like not even necessarily like a person I know, but like just a broader issue. And I'm like, I should probably pray for their family. And I'm like, well, I don't want any bad news. So I just keep scrolling to my shame. I do that sometimes Um, because I'm I'm still trying to become a more compassionate person. I'm still striving to be more like Jesus in that way. Um, Other ways that you can be compassionate. Uh, One of the very convicting stories that James tells is the idea of seeing someone and seeing their need and our response is be warmed and filled and you just go on your way out of James 2. That is a really hard one for me because you know I don't always have all the resources and I can make that excuse all day but I do one spend my money sometimes in places I just do not need to and I need to save it more but number two (laughs) um there's still opportunities I can give in my time. Mm. There's still opportunities that I can give in a lot of other ways. And if I was really the compassionate person I ought to be, then I can, uh, I can use what resources I do have to be of service. Again, that's a place where I don't do that as much as I should and a place I'm working, looking to fix. So. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually were talking about this, that story in particular um, and I, I love that story because I love I, I laugh at it every time mm. I read it because you see the sarcasm. Oh, yeah. it's, it's funny. Um, but we were talking about it specifically when we were talking about prayer. And you kind of mentioned this as well. You talked about one of the ways we can have compassion is we can we can pray for people. That's really important. Um, but I also think prayer requires can require some level of action as well. Mm. Where um, when you see somebody that's struggling with something. You should pray for them, for sure. Absolutely, you should. But also, it may be that that answer to that prayer, the way that they're going to get help, is by you. Mm-hmm. You being the one that fills that need. You being the one that fills that role. You being the one that takes compassion and actually does something That's for true. them. That's yeah. true. So I think you need to be, you know, active. You know, when you do pray for things and be observant. Right? Somebody is struggling with something. You pray for them, and then you have you, you should think. Can I actually be someone that can help this person? For sure. Um, there are some situations that are out of your hand that you can't control, and that's when you turn it over to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But there are some situations that you actually can't help out in. Yeah. Um, so part of being compassionate, like we've talked about, is being active. Um, so just like the man in James, right, you need to be active, like be the opposite of the man in James mm-hmm. where you need to actually welcome them in. For so, sure. uh, So... There's a, I know it's a song and it might even be a saying, but like Jesus has no hands, but our hands or something like that. That's literally like the dumbest thing that you could possibly say. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. But we, Jesus is powerful enough. He can handle it, but we do have our responsibilities as Charlie mentioned, not only pray for someone, but can I bring you a hot meal? Can I find, is there another way that I can find you and serve you? Um, Perhaps something like I'm going to be trying to do in these coming months of like literally having parts of my budget where it's exclusively I'm going to use this to give to people. And because I spend too much on my stuff and on useless things that I just don't need. So how can I find ways to serve with my time, with my money, with my energy, all that? Um, And I also think that there's other important ways that you can do this. Uh, Giving to charity, working with Habitat for Humanity, working in soup kitchens. Um, uh, giving blood, you know, that's one of those things that, that doesn't cost a lot of money. Even you get paid for, you pay for platelets. For yeah. platelets. So yeah. like, I mean, you can make some money and doing some, I think it's platelets. Yeah. It might be both. I don't, I don't know. Um, 
But there, there's just ways for us to be helping and to be compassionate. Yep. And I think the more that you engage in that and see kind of the brokenness of the world and as little as you can be doing, if you keep actively doing it, it changes your attitude to be a more compassionate person yep. when uh, those things arise. So anything else you have to say about that? I mean, we could go on about there's there's so many examples and everybody's life is different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, with these examples, just take them and. Uh, and just kind of use them and look at your own life and look at, you know, the people that are around you. Look at yourself. Mm. Maybe you need some compassion. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and, you know, do what you can in your own life. For sure. use, use what you have uh, to serve God, to love other people. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so uh, another issue or another thing I, I want to bring up here because we have an all-American linebacker in flag football here with us today, if you didn't know. Um, but (laughs) like one of the places I think that there's a struggle to be compassionate in is when it comes to competing in sports or whatever else. So do you think that there has to, do you think there is a level of compassion that needs to be had in competition or like, is there a way to achieve that or, or whatever else? Yeah. So I, I struggle with this. Uh-huh. So I'm a very competitive person at my heart. If you ever get a chance to know me for very long, you'll probably quickly find out that I'm a very competitive person. So that carries over in some pretty bad, that, that comes out in some very bad ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially in sports is like a big one. Or even in, even in board games or like, it's true. Not even He's sports. a cold-blooded board game player. I, I just... <laughs> I don't like to win. I like to dominate. So it's like, I want to make the person never want to play ever again. Oh, it's man. Like the mentality. No, just, just kidding. I'm sorry. Well, audience. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, but no. So like there's, there's the way that I live my life was probably no. And I would disagree. And I would say mm-hmm. that I'm wrong. And I admit that I'm wrong. <laughs> I need to do a better job of that is because you should, I mean, the, the real answer is yes. Like there, there should be compassion in every part of life, even in competitions. If, yeah. if you are playing or watching a sport and somebody gets very badly hurt, that's on the opposite team. You don't cheer for that. Mm. You don't feel happy about it. You have compassion on that person. You hope that they are okay, that they can recover. Oh, from yeah. that. I have been the person that has been happy <laughs> When certain people have gotten injured in sports before, and I should not have been. If you're competitive, like I, everyone's been in a position like that before. And I didn't bring up this section specifically to put Charlie on blast because I've been in situations, particularly when I'm not great at a sport or something like that. And I'm trying to get better. And instead of being encouraging and like hoping that the shot goes well, or even outwardly being like clapping, like, oh, good shot. It's like in my head, I'm like, mess up the next one mess up the next one because i'm so desperate for my need to win instead of just becoming a better player myself and stop being terrible um so there is this level of you should want to do like if you're really competitive you should want to do well for yourself but it shouldn't be at the expense of hurting someone else and i think that that needs to be considered as well um big one is referees yeah yeah all that i have (laughs) kindly reminded referees before that they (laughs) were wrong and I've, you know, yeah. we're both broken people. We're, we're still, I not so kindly remind them that they were, you wrong. know, we're struggling, but yeah. we, you know, it's, it's an active, we're works in progress. All of us <laughs> are. Um, I don't know, since you don't 
you know, have social media. Have you heard of the... About a dollar for every time that has gotten said on the podcast. No, 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 you know, it's, I, I, it's funny. It's funny. It's not, I'm not saying anything against you. It's, it's kind of funny. About a dollar for every time in my life, someone has started off a comment like that. Oh, you don't have social media. Or remembers halfway through a comment. Oh, wait, this doesn't apply to you. You don't have social media. There are other ways in my life that mm. this can apply. <laughs> have you heard of the Let's Go Brandon Champ? No, I have no idea what that is. Okay. So, <laughs> at uh, Talladega, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, yikes. There was an not nice word to Joe Biden being yelled. The announcer heard it as, let's go, Brandon. So now that is a term that is used to say not nice things to Joe Biden. Uh, additionally, uh, I have unfortunately seen Christians use this term as well. That because we're saying, let's go, Brandon, instead of what is actually being said. Oh, yeah, that's that's the issue. Um, I understand that you're frustrated about inflation and rising gas prices. I understand that. I, I don't like paying a ton of money for that. The reality is, though, Joe Biden is an old guy with one of the most stressful jobs in the entire world. And whether you voted for him or you did not vote for him, the man possibly has dementia. You need to be a lot more compassionate. Um I'm going to say how it is because that's been very frustrating and very discouraging for me to see and to hear. Um, so we need to be compassionate towards our politicians, as Paul calls on us to and tells Timothy to, to be prayerful for them because um, ultimately God wants them to be saved too. So they have very stressful jobs, and even if they're doing it not the best, and even if they're doing it for their own agendas, uh, we still need to be compassionate people in those situations as well. And that means to our political disagreeers, additionally. So, so let me pitch another thing to you, another idea. Yeah. So, what if the person does not want to have compassion shown to them? So, to take an analogy that you mm-hmm. used before with somebody, who, a lady who came in and may have had an abortion. Mm-hmm. What if she's not remorseful for her abortion? What if she doesn't regret doing that? What if there's a member of the clan that is perfectly fine with the way they live their life mm-hmm. and doesn't want compassion. What if there's a member of an opposite political party that thinks that you're wrong and, you know, don't take pity on me because I'm better than you would have, you know, what, what do you do in that situation when the person is active, like does not actually want to have compassion or sees you showing compassion on them as you saying that they're weak or something like that, that they need help. Mm-hmm. Like what if they don't think they need that? How do you handle? Uh, the way I would handle it is, Probably just backing away from the situation, <laughs> especially if it was a Klansman, I'd be a little bit more. Uh, uh, you have reason to be. I, yeah, yeah. But like, if, <laughs> if someone doesn't, if someone genuinely doesn't want your mercy, like I've been in that position before. I don't, I don't need your handouts. I'm not a charity case, which is an attitude I need to fix. But um, I think if someone's in a position like that, well, you care for them at a distance. Do what you can at a distance. Uh, I think it. So the the inappropriate reaction is to be like, well, I don't have any, I don't want anything to do with you. That's just mm-hmm. that's wrong because I I try to pitch this to when I preach and pitch it to myself. If Jesus had the same attitude I had right now, wh- where would my salvation be? Would it would I would it be intact at all? If I if someone's attitude was or if I see someone do something wrong and I'm like, you're gonna refuse that from me, well then. You know, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. If, if that was Jesus' reaction to me, I'd be without hope. So if I had that towards someone else, like, you know, that, that's a really bad position to be in. So what I tried to consider is helping at a distance, still being prayerful, 
still showing love when I can. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if someone shows up, they're not remorseful about it. Just being like, well, it was good to see you this morning. It was good. It was, I'm glad that you were here. Um, love you and care about you. And he, he take you out for lunch. You know, would you like to go to lunch with me and my family? All this type of stuff. Um, there are more ways to do that. And hopefully as your love for them is shown, unless their heart is very, very hard and they really don't want your help. Hopefully people will start to see that and be like, and start to soften up and, and change their, their tune a bit. So yeah. at least that's what I, or think. maybe you'll soften up and change yours. Maybe you'll realize in that particular situation that you were the one that was wrong. Maybe exactly. So you're not always right. You're not always right. Just throwing that out there. Sometimes um, I think I am. <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's good. It's, it's a tough situation that mm-hmm. I think you could probably easily find yourself in if you want to show compassion on somebody that doesn't actually think that they're wrong and doesn't want compassion. And you and you use the word mercy there um, as well, you know, showing mercy. I do think there is a difference between compassion and mercy. Mm-hmm. I think to have mercy on someone, you have to be compassionate to them. But I think compassion is probably the first step mm. of that. It's kind of like the overall, I don't know, maybe not, but I kind of feel like yeah, I, I see that. Mercy so, is a part of compassion, yeah. but I think compassion is it can go so much more. Because I think I also maybe another misconception that people think that compassion is mercy, mm-hmm. or that if you're compassionate towards somebody, then that then they, then they are wrong mm-hmm. in some way. They may take it as that too. That may also be a misconception. Yeah, pity and compassion so, are more on the same line. Mercy is a little bit different. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. It's interesting. There's a lot of interesting little facets to this. Oh yeah. But and man, I, I could go on and on. There are plenty of examples that we could give. Um, but the reality is all this is a place that every human struggles. The yeah. quote that we started out that Charlie uh, read for us earlier, like that is supposed to be like the way that humans live. We're supposed mm. to be merciful. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to be compassionate. That's like a human essential. But the reality is we don't act like this. And while, you know, there, you can make the excuse for people who don't believe in Jesus, for those who do, we have no excuse. Yeah. We've, we've been shown way more compassion than we deserve. So that should be our striving. That should be our life. Yep. Anything else you have to say, Charlie? That's it. All righty. Hope you guys have a good week. We hope that this uh, lesson will help you and encourage you and give you something pretty hard to think about as you go through your week. Uh, Thank you for all your support and we appreciate y'all. Have a good week and we will see you next one.